0: guys you are listening to the fully known podcast I am your host Olivia Mead and today we are coming back with a new episode after a couple months off um, and I'm so excited to bring this conversation to you today I sat down with my friend Jess McMaster and And we talked about Mary and Martha. Now, these two women are women who I'm sure you have heard their story um, from the Bible, their interaction with Jesus, their friendship with Jesus. Um, It's a pretty common story for us, particularly as women um, in the church. You've you've likely studied this. But what we did today, I hope, is... um, kind of touch on some things that will enlighten your understanding. So I hope that you enjoy our conversation today about Mary and Martha, and I'm super glad that Jess got to sit down with me. She took the time out of her busy, busy schedule um, to record this with me. So I hope that you guys enjoy, and I hope that you look forward to some new episodes coming out soon. So without further ado, here is my conversation with my friend Jess. Hello, Jess. Hello. Welcome to the Fully Known Podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for being here. I'm excited. So, today we are going to be talking about Mary and Martha, but before we dive in, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself?
1: Okay. Um, I'm Jess. (laughs) I'm 26 years old. I am married to Mike McMaster. If you go to River Valley Church, you probably see him on stage. Yes, you would know his voice. Yes, you would. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm a dog mom. I work at St. Mary's Medical Center in the billing office. I'm currently in school to get um, a bachelor's degree in business management. And other than that, I... Host and we host a live group on Monday nights, and I lead a D group on Wednesday nights, so that's pretty much my life. You're pretty busy, (laughs) yes. I like to stay busy. Yeah, are you
0: currently still working at home, or are you back in the office?
1: I'm still working at home, and it has been great. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie, I luckily am able to do everything that I need to do at home, so Mm -hmm. I don't have like the struggle I know I have a lot of friends who still had to do certain things at the office so they were back and forth and I know that gets a little chaotic but yeah I'm very blessed to still be working and be working from home
0: yeah it's nice to be working from home and like enjoy it yeah because I know it can be so hard for some Mm -hmm. people but if you really enjoy working from home I mean this quarantine has been
1: like oh it's been a dream for you yeah it's been fine yeah I'm an introvert at heart so I'm okay with just being home by myself and I still have times where like I'll contact co-workers and we'll just sit and talk on the phone while we're right. working a little bit just yeah. to get that interaction in and yeah talk about things that we need to talk about work-wise and personal wise but yeah it's been great
0: yeah that's really fun and so you guys also host um, life group and you lead a d group yes so, so life
1: group Monday d group
0: Wednesday yeah so you guys are pretty plugged in at church what would you say has been um This is just like something that I'm thinking about, so I didn't prep you for this. I'm sorry. (laughs) But what would you say like through through the whole, basically all of 2020, so I was going to say through like quarantine, but basically the entire year of 2020, Mm -hmm. what would you say has been the biggest challenge in leading and being a part of small groups like that at church?
1: I would say, I mean, the big thing obviously is COVID and just like the fear of meeting in small groups yeah. and larger groups. Right. Um, just making sure everyone is healthy and everyone's safe. And then just like keeping up the consistency. I know mm-hmm. that it can be kind of um, discouraging when your numbers fluctuate and oh, you have yeah. people who aren't able to make it and then you miss those people and you mm-hmm. feel like the disconnect from them and yeah. disconnect from group. And I know there have been a couple weeks where we've actually had to just try like an online format, yeah, via like Facebook Messenger, kind of like a Zoom yeah. type um, face call. And that is fun and it's nice that we can still do that. And I'm thankful for the technology, but it's just not as like personal yeah. as meeting in person. So it's challenging. Yeah. I think that's
0: probably the number one thing that I would say too is just the challenge of connecting mm-hmm. because we are so used to, um, in our small groups within churches in particular, like we're so used to having that high level of connection right that when you take that away it's really difficult yeah and you miss your people mm-hmm. but you're you know you don't want to get together because you don't want to like jeopardize anyone's health right. right. but um yeah it's been it's been a challenge this past year and i know that you guys have felt that too but i'm thankful that we're kind of moving in a direction of being able to, you know, meet in small groups again and yeah. seeing that and do podcasts yes. again, doing uh, it in so person. Yes. So it's really fun to be able to do this and be able to be here. So um, thank you again for being here. Mm. And we are going to go ahead and dive in talking about Mary and Martha. Yes. Now I actually let you choose. Uh. Who we were going to talk about today. Um, So I was really excited that you wanted to talk about Mary and Martha because they were on my list as well. So um, why don't you, before we go like directly to scripture, why don't you share with the listeners just a little bit of background, a backstory about, you know, who is Mary and Martha From scripture and like what we can learn from them. So give us a little crash
1: course on who they are. Okay, well, Mary and Martha are sisters. I think that's pretty common knowledge. Um, They are actually mentioned in the Bible together when they are mentioned. And then they're also the sisters of Lazarus, which Mm -hmm. we'll talk about as well. But um, other than um, just where they're mentioned, you can find them in. Um, John 11 and 12 and then again in Luke 10 Mm -hmm. that's I think that's the uh, the scripture that I used for my notes here yeah but um yeah we learn a lot about um just Mary and Martha and their interactions with Jesus I just love that they have such a close like relationship with him like they're literally mentioned as like his friends and people that he loves along with Lazarus their brother yeah and then um I just think it's interesting how they're compared a lot like there's a lot of comparison and how they interact and just the different choices that they make and um just their their choices and how they interact with Jesus so that's that's why I picked them and I'm a Martha at heart so (laughs) I have no shame in my game I will I will claim my girl Martha so I'm excited to just talk about them and um yeah just dig deep and learn about
0: who they are yeah um I think like I've seen so many blog posts, I'm sure books written. There's so many things of like, are you a Mary? Are you a Martha? Or being a Martha in a Mary world world or or, vice versa. Yeah. 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 There's so much of that. And I think like, we'll kind of talk about that Mm. a little bit about what that means and how I mean it can be valuable right I think to learn from them and to mm-hmm. learn about who they were and how they interacted with Jesus. Like there's a lot that we can learn and apply to ourselves mm-hmm. but oftentimes that's where we start with the story. Mm-hmm. And that's not where we should start with the right. story. You know, we should start with what can we learn about Jesus here yeah. in this interaction rather than what can we learn about us. So right. that's kind of where we're gonna start. We're gonna start with with what is scripture actually telling us in the stories of Mary and Martha. And then what can we learn from them and their interaction? Because there is a yeah. lot to learn. Mm-hmm. But I don't want us to miss, you know, what Scripture is, is really telling us and getting right. at here. Just, you know, skipping over to like those blog posts and yep. take the quiz. Are you Mary mm-hmm. or Martha kind of thing? Oh, Martha, oh. I don't
1: even have to take the quiz. <laughs> I'm Martha.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm more of a Martha yeah. team, But Okay, so let's go to Scripture. We're going to look at John chapter 11 Um, I'm going to read a couple excerpts here, not the entire chapter by any means, but if you guys um, have your Bibles out or if you want to take a note, um, the chapter of uh, John chapter 11 is talking about the death of Lazarus. And I'm sure many of you have read this story, you know, this story, it's very common in the New Testament. Um, But the death of Lazarus, and then Jesus coming to the town of Bethany, he has this interaction with Mary and Martha, Lazarus's sisters. And then he eventually raises Lazarus from the dead. Um, This is also where we get that verse that Jesus wept. Mm -hmm. You know, that's always like a trivia question. What's the shortest shortest, verse in the Bible? Jesus wept, that's here Uh that he actually displays a bit of emotion. Um, So we can talk about that too. But I'm just going to, um, I'm going to read a portion here of Jesus's interaction with Martha and then another portion of his interaction with Mary. So to set the stage, um, Lazarus has actually died and he's been in the grave about four days and then Jesus comes to Bethany. So this verse I'm going to pick up in verse 20. So where I'm picking up, this is Jesus coming in to see Mary and Martha after their brother has already died. So he's just getting to town. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? She said to him, Yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who is coming into the world. So that is Martha's interaction with Jesus. So now let's skip down actually to verse 32. And this is where we're going to see that Mary comes out of the house and sees that Jesus is there. And um, she is now going to speak with him. So verse 32. Now, when Mary came to where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet, saying to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who had come with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in his spirit and greatly troubled. And he said, where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come see. Jesus wept. So the Jews said, see how he loved him. But some of them said, could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man also have kept this man from dying? So here in these two kind of um, contrasted verses, we see Martha's interaction with Jesus. And we see Mary's interaction with Jesus. And they both say the same thing. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, they, initially. Initially, mm-hmm. Jesus is, you know, they, they see that he's here. And they both say, "Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died." So they say the same thing, but then the way that they interact with Jesus is different. So, right. um, what do you kind of gather from that? From from seeing? Martha's different interaction from Mary, and maybe we should just start and talk like, explain what is different about them. So, what yeah. do you see that's different
1: about their interaction with Jesus? What I see well, first, I think Martha had a longer, um, like conversation with him, whereas right. I feel like Mary's was more like they knew they both knew the fact that if he was there, their brother would not have died, right? I think they even sent word to him beforehand yeah. that he was ill so they yeah. were expecting him like, to please come come before yeah. he dies so they were expecting yeah. him to come but he as if you read on like in the beginning he waited on purpose for yeah. a few days before right. he actually traveled to right so um what i noticed in martha's interaction with jesus was let me look at my notes here um I just love Martha. I have to. T- I have to say, I love Martha. So, um, she. I just love because, like, with her interaction with Jesus, she doesn't know like the end of the story like we do. Yeah. Like she kind of like she's, knowing for a fact, like we said, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Yeah. And he. Tells her your brother will rise again, but mm-hmm. she's saying yes through the resurrection, right? In the end, like I yes, know eventually I know, he will, I know he will. So, she, in this case, like she's kind of professing like faith in him, yeah, and just some, um, just some hope in that, like I know he will rise again, yeah, but she doesn't really know, like, she misunderstands what he's saying, like, he is saying. Literally, your brother will rise again. So yeah. he knows, but she misunderstands. And I thought, I read somewhere that it was interesting because Jesus likes to talk in like parables a lot, right. but here he literally tells her like, <laughs> this is what's going to happen. And she yeah. still doesn't and she still understand. Doesn't understand. <laughs> Which so, is interesting
0: because like part of the, part of his speaking in parables was, um, so that many didn't understand. Right. And now he's speaking plainly and they still don't yeah. understand. So that really just goes to show that like, we are not like God. Right. We are not like Jesus. There are things about his um, incarnation and him being human that, of course, we are similar to him as human beings. But there's so much about him that um, is just a deity. You know, yeah. we are not like Jesus. We cannot fully understand Jesus unless, you know, we have the help of the Holy Spirit to help us right. translate that.
1: Right. So go ahead. Yeah. No, you're fine. And that was good. I. Yeah, I just love that she um just kind of expresses faith through him. And I think she also understands, like, the connection between Jesus as Christ and the resurrection. Just yeah. by her, like, he's saying, do you believe this to be true? And she says, yes, Lord, yeah. I believe you. Yeah. So I just think that's interesting. Whereas with Mary, I just see... um. Well, first Martha had to go out and call to her sister, Mary, because like you Mm -hmm. said, Mary stayed behind and she was in mourning, which of course she's in mourning. They're both, you know, in mourning and they have friends who have come to see them and Mm -hmm. they're all just kind of mourning the death of Lazarus together. So she goes to, Martha goes to Mary and says like, your Lord wants to speak to you. Like, Mm -hmm. come on, like Jesus is here. So she gets up in a hurry and she leaves and she goes to him and she repeats what her sister had previously said, Lord, if you had been here. Um, my brother would not have died. But she stops there, and I think she has more of, like, an emotional mm-hmm. reaction. But yeah. through my reading, it just almost seems like, and I'm not discounting her faith in him, but mm-hmm. she just kind like, whereas Martha was seeing more of, um, like, she's kind of pushing forward through her faith, like, yes, my brother has died, but I yeah. know that he will rise again yeah. because of you. She like, kind of has this mean?
0: confession of faith yeah. moment.
1: Like, it reminds me
0: of um, Peter's interaction with Jesus, when Jesus asks him, you know, I yeah. know what every what mm-hmm. everyone else says that I am, but who do you say that I am, Peter? And he responds and says, "You are Jesus Christ. You are God." Right. And that's kind of kind of the interaction
1: that Martha has with Jesus mm-hmm. here is a confession of faith moment. Right. Exactly. And then, although Mary's initial words mirrored Martha, the focus right. here, I think, is more on what she didn't say. She doesn't follow up with that confession of faith, that same statement that Martha had. Um, she knows that Jesus could have prevented Lazarus's death, but now that he's dead, she doesn't necessarily express the same hope that Martha has that mm-hmm. like one day I will see him again because of who you are. Yeah. So, but I I just love like which we can talk and talk about in a minute, but I just love Jesus's like like you said reaction mm-hmm. to the two of them and like yeah. what they need in the moment. But Right. That's yeah. what
0: I really see here is that um I love that we have we have Mary and Martha in scripture because they give us such a a clear picture of what it's like to be different, right. to be in the yeah. same situation mm-hmm. and be different, and not necessarily to be incorrect one way right, or another. Exactly. You know, like I Jesus think doesn't rebuke either them. of them right. in this situation. Mm-hmm. Neither of them are rebuked. Um, he responds to them in the way that they needed. So if Jesus would have responded to Mary in the way that he responded to Martha, it wouldn't have meant as much to her. And now I'm kind of reading between the lines here, so um, I'm not pulling that directly from Scripture. But that's kind of the implication that I get here in seeing that he reacts differently to them too, these two women who he knew so well. Um, he knows us all so well. Right. <laughs> but I mean, like he lived life day in and day out with him. They were yeah. some of his closest followers. His yeah. They were his friends. Yeah. And we do read that from scripture. And so we see that with Martha, she needed a little bit of a conversation. Like she yeah. needed reasoning. She needed
1: words of comfort.
0: Yes. She needed to to discuss it with him, mm-hmm. to process it with him. Right. Like a, like externally processing this with Jesus. And then Mary comes out and in her, in her emotion and in her just mourning, right? Um, she says the same thing, but then she it says that she falls at his feet, and so that's where we see that Jesus wept, mm-hmm. and um, you know that can mean a lot of things, but primarily I see that he is kind of like displaying with her that is what she needed right in that moment, and he it was also a display to the crowd as well, and and I don't know it's kind of like a picture of his um his being human right, but also you know, Jesus knows that he's going to raise Lazarus from the dead. Mm -hmm. So it's not like he's not God and that he knows what's going to happen next. But he was, he was human. And he was showing us that he is human and showing us that there is some, you know, some emotion there. And he's not, I I can't say that he's sad because Mary was sad or because Lazarus died. Of Mm -hmm. course, he knows Lazarus is going to, you know, be raised to life. But I kind of see like, like, what is, um, you know, what is the consequence, the ultimate consequence of sin? It is death. Right. And so that grieves God. It mm. grieves God that we have death, that there is sin. And so it could be some sort of display of, like, a grievance of this is what sin has done. right? Um, of course, Jesus raises him back up. And in, in the life of Jesus and the death of Jesus and resurrection, he um, conquers all of that. But just such a display of, like weeping with those who weep, Mm -hmm. you know, he practiced that. We're not just commanded to do that. Jesus actually practiced that with Mary. And um, he was there with Martha too, Mm -hmm. but his display with her was different. And so I just think about um, how there are so many different types of personalities and people in the world. You know, like you, I have friends who are um, like my best friends and we can be so alike in certain ways Um, but so different in ways too. like what you need from me is not necessarily what I need from you and vice versa. Mm. And I see that Jesus recognizes that here. Like he recognizes that there is some beauty in differences. And, you know, they're both asking the same question and they're both kind of saying like, I know that you're God and I know that you can do this. But he responds to them differently, which I think is super cool yeah. and just kind of an encouragement to us of like, we don't all have to be the same. If you're yeah. someone who's not like Mary and full of emotion and everything, that's okay. And if you are someone that's like Mary and full of emotion all the time, that's also okay as long as our hearts and motives are in the right place. Um, when it comes to serving God. So right. I don't know. That's just kind of what I see in, in their picture here. And I, I don't think that that's talked about as much. Right. You know?
1: Yeah, they kind of gloss over, and maybe not on purpose, but I feel like their interaction with Jesus is kind of glossed over. I know I didn't really consider it before, yeah. like choosing this topic until I was like, because the first thing I think of and we'll talk about is um, like Martha serving mm-hmm. versus Mary um, sitting at the feet of Jesus's teaching. But, um, yeah, I just, I, I also like how he just chose to, um, just comfort them in the different ways that he knew that they needed rather than, I mean, he could have easily brushed off their grief because mm-hmm. he knew that, you know, like I'm about yeah. to literally make it all better and right. everything's going to be fine through like my display of raising Lazarus from the dead. But instead, like he enters into their grief with them. He does. To, you mm-hmm. know, to be that that yeah. Savior, that friend, that right. compassionate God that And what an example needed.
0: for us that when our friends are grieving um, in the way that we grieve with them and the mm. way that we mourn with them, you know, we give them what they need. And sometimes yeah. what they need is that we just cry with them. Yeah. We weep with them. Sometimes they need us to reason with them and talk to them. Sometimes they need us to just sit with them. Right. You know, there's just so many different ways to grieve. And I think as long as we're there for our friends and there for our brothers and sisters in Christ, that that is the important thing. And and that's what Jesus is showing here too, because he could have come to the town of Bethany and gone straight to the tomb.
1: Right. And not and even raised Lazarus from her, the dead. Yeah. He
0: didn't have to go mm-hmm. meet with Mary and Martha first. He could have just, right. he could have stayed where he was. He didn't even have to go to exactly. the town of Bethany yeah. to raise Lazarus from the dead. We know this, um, because he did that elsewhere with Jairus, daughter. He doesn't even have to be there. Um, but he makes a point to go be with Mary and Martha in their grief before he performs the miracle. So, right. um, what a picture from from Jesus! What a guy! What Jesus. a guy! Jesus yeah. is—he's um, a keeper. He is. So let's move on to another well-known story about Mary and Martha, which actually in the timeline happens later, um, kind of directly after what we just talked about. We read—we um, read that from the chapter. chapter, the book of John chapter 11. But, um, I think that we will switch over to Luke for this one because Luke gives a really detailed account of this particular interaction of Mary and Martha. So Luke chapter 10, um, would you want to read for us verses 38,
1: um, through what is that? 42. Now, as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house.
0: That's one that we've heard many, many, many times. Um, What would you say is maybe a common misconception that we have with this story? And when I say we, I'm going to say particularly women, Mm -hmm. women in the church, in women's ministries, um, different things that, you know, we've all heard this story, like we kind of talked about in the beginning. What do you see as kind of some common misconceptions here or ways that we can twist this to mean something that it might not necessarily mean?
1: I think the big thing that I've heard, um, just in commentaries and like you said, books and podcasts and everything else, when it comes to this particular story of Mary and Martha is one that you let like Mary is the way you should be. Mm -hmm. You should not be a Martha learn from this. Like it's not okay. And I I know I felt like shame with that in the past Mm -hmm. because I'm like, wait a minute. I might be Martha sometimes yes, in this situation. I have situation, Yes. Tendencies. <laughs> I am <laughs> yeah. a little triggered <laughs> because yeah. I might be a Martha, as, right. especially with the things that we host and oh, yeah. all this and that. But um, you're right about
0: that. I think um, also we see that Martha is, she is rebuked by Jesus very gently. Yes. And we can talk about that, like what the text actually um, talks, like mm-hmm. talks towards that. Um, So he is saying that what Martha was doing is is not what was the right thing to do in that moment. Right. But it's not so much about her action as it is her basically... Her her intention in like reading the room. Right. To see, you know... I am here. Your Savior is here with you in yeah. your home, right? And again, she, Martha, and all of the other disciples—like this—is not just on her, but many times all of the disciples are um, so oblivious to the fact that Jesus, his time with them is fleeting. Right. His time on earth is coming to an end in this particular um, place. Like we're getting close Mm -hmm. to Jesus's, um, his arrest and then eventually his death and his resurrection. So there's this weight that Jesus felt, I think. um, And we see that in a lot of his interactions with his disciples, even in the garden of Gethsemane. I mean, he is going away to pray to the father right before his arrest and the disciples are falling asleep in the garden. Right. And so it's that same messaging of like, wake up? You know, yeah. don't you see what is about to happen? And I think we're starting to get a taste of that here because this is, um, you know, prior to the garden of Gethsemane, of course. And so we're starting to get a taste of that, that, you know, Jesus is saying it's coming. Like you you guys aren't listening to me. Right. I am going to suffer and I'm going to die and it, it's going to happen soon. And so with Martha, um, It's not to say that serving is a bad thing. Like, we know that welcoming people Mm -hmm. into our homes and being hospitable, yes, we're taught to
1: do those things. And actually, through um, some of my study of this, it was kind of interesting and it was kind of like a, well, duh, that's true. (laughs) But in this culture specifically, like, it wasn't common for women to sit and listen to teaching. Right. Like, any other teacher might have agreed with Martha and mm-hmm. yes your sister should be helping you like right. serve like right. you know what I mean like it was that culture and I think it still is today um I know for me personally like I'm I know you talk about Enneagram a lot I'm a two <laughs> which is literally I think we're called the host yes so like I, the, helper, the helper the host yes I can't help it so I totally like I totally relate with Martha here um I think like you said the the enemy here is her distraction. Like, not so much the fact that she was serving because she was doing her duty. Like, she right. was doing She's what doing she was what she taught. thought she was supposed yeah. to be doing. Exactly. Yeah. But, like you said, like, their time with them was fleeting and she was distracted probably by the billions of things that she yes. felt she needed to you be doing that moment. You know that feeling. Moment. Yeah. Like, you like, know
0: that feeling, especially when, when people are at your house and you feel like you should yeah. be serving them in some way. Right. And it's like, okay... I need to make sure I get this out of the oven, and then yep. I'm going to go ahead and clean that, so I don't have to do that later. Mm-hmm. You know, after everyone leaves and have like a sink full of yep. dishes, and I don't want to have a sink full of dishes because I don't want people to see that I have dirty dishes. Yeah, which is so silly. Oh yeah, we all have dirty dishes. Oh, yeah. It's like just leave the dish, I have Olivia. Dirty dishes at
1: home too. Leave it yep.
0: dirty there. It's fine. <laughs> um, but yes, you know, there's so many things running through our minds, and I'm sure running through Martha's mind of mm-hmm. things that she needed to do, and so that thought of like if I just had somebody to help me just for once, (laughs) you know, get up and come in here and help me. So we can kind of read into that and like feel that a little bit, you know, even though the culture and things were a little different, then we all know what that's like. And we know what that feeling is of being overwhelmed. And so it's more about like, when we feel that way, taking it to the next level of getting angry or taking it to the next level to where we don't see you know, I should be really thankful that these people are in my home. Right. And I should be really thankful that I get to spend time with them so I can leave that dish or I can leave, you know, whatever it is in the kitchen I feel like I have to attend to and go spend time with the people who are gracious enough to come sit in my home and hang out with us and really invest in them. So I think, you know, we definitely learned that from Martha. Yeah. And then seeing Mary too, especially maybe those of us who would identify ourselves as, really being able, able to identify that with that servant you know yeah. type servant heart that Martha really displays you can almost feel irritated yeah at Mary like, like oh I know a Mary. Mary okay I know you sitting in all there all right Mary
1: like, <laughs> yes and then vice versa I think like Martha catches a lot of heat because it's easy to judge like it's easy yeah. to be like oh of course like mm-hmm. Martha Jesus was in your living room like right. what are you doing you, what are you doing yeah like, and why is this important but can I just say, it, we host life group on Monday nights, and if Jesus Christ Himself showed up, I would probably go into cardiac arrest I over mean, the stress. Can you imagine Jesus coming to like, your dinner party? I am like, like I would go buy new dishes. Palpitating, just thinking, <laughs> like my house, is like did we vacuum? Did, like right? the Lord is about to sit on my. I'm carpet. taking off work for
0: like the week before <laughs> no. we're remodeling the house, getting ready yes. for this. Like,
1: <laughs> ugh. Yes.
0: So, yeah. So there's that weight too of like, she knows who Jesus is. Yeah. We know this because of, you know, her interaction with him that we just talked about. Like, she ha- she knows Jesus and their friends, but she knows that he is Lord. Right. She knows that the he is the Son of God. Uh,
1: yeah. Yeah. But she's getting, she's letting her distractions get in the way of what's truly important. Yeah. And like you said, I, I just loved how gracious and kind he was in his response to her. Like, he could have, you know, like yeah. really laid the hammer down and. Right told her the error of her ways Mm -hmm. or like we said if it was any other teacher probably would have told Mary to get up and help her sister and they both would have lost on like the true like Mm -hmm. lesson here so
0: yeah and in her in her like the way that she um addresses Jesus she addresses him as Lord so she's she's got that respectful like like, she knows that he is Lord, um, mm-hmm. kind of like she's not
1: breezing past the fact that he's Jesus. Yeah. I was a little shook over her just like interrupting, though. I was yeah. like, I probably would have just like festered in it until Jesus left. <laughs> yeah. And then got on to my sister. Like, yeah. Just that I think that shows like not only his character, though, but just her comfort with him. Like, mm-hmm. she is addressing yeah, him, like you said, point. as Lord, mm-hmm. but she's comfortable enough with him to say, like, like, Do you not care like, that my sister do you not is care? there? Then tell her to get up. Like, right. Let me tell you to tell my sister what to do. Yeah. Let
0: me tell you to tell, you know, tell her what to do. That's going to go over real well with Jesus. But what he does is he says, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things. So he says, Martha, Martha, he says her name twice, and he actually calls her by name. So he not only calls her by name, but he says it twice. And so that's a very gentle rebuke, like... Mm -hmm going back to Peter, one of the ways that he rebuked Peter was literally saying, get behind me, Satan. So we know that Jesus can rebuke his followers and his people who were very close to him. He can rebuke them very harshly, right. but he's very kind to Martha in this and not just saying Martha, Martha, but saying you are anxious and troubled about many things. So he's acknowledging her frustration and he's acknowledging her her pain and her anxiety in this because right. you know that she's in there fueling with anxiety yes. and that's what led her to come to Jesus and say do you not care that my sister is sitting there tell her to get up and come help me and so all of the like feelings and that anxiousness that leads to that point Jesus acknowledges that and he doesn't say are you kidding me do yeah. you know who I am or um, and he very well could have right you know that that's not Just because it's not listed. Like, we weren't there. Yeah. we're just getting... Right. And he, you know, has done that before, like we said, um, with some of his followers. But him to say, you are anxious and troubled about many things, but here is what you should worry about. I know you're worried, but here's what you should worry about. And then he says, Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. And when I read that, I think of all of the things that potentially could and will be taken away from us right you know everything in this world is fleeting we read in the book of ecclesiastes about how you know everything vanity vanity everything Mm. withers and it fades and um, it will eventually be taken away like we can't take anything with us but what Jesus is saying what Mary has chosen spending time with me and learning about me and being with me He's saying that will never be taken away from her. And so our time with the Lord and our relationship with the Lord, spending time um, on that, on what matters, right, is what will never be taken away from us. Right. Now that doesn't mean that that we shouldn't ever take care of people in our home or right. take care of our yes. house.
1: Take care of the Or go to work
0: home. or <laughs> take care of yes. our people. Like it doesn't mean that we should never do that. Right. But it means that we should um, really put it in its correct order yeah. as seeing like, okay, I have this to-do list of five or six things that I'm going to make sure I get done, and then I'm going to spend time with the Lord. Yeah. It's really prioritizing, um, what does Jesus really mean to me? And not just what does He mean to me, like what could I explain to someone what He means to me? How do I make that Um, evident in my everyday life? Like if someone were to look at my day, would they see that I love the Lord? Yeah. Like if they watch me and see everything that I've done in my day or in my week without me knowing, are they going to see a person who loves the Lord and who spends time with the Lord and really prioritizes my time in scripture, my time spending time learning about God? You know, that's really convicting for me personally. Right. When I read this and see this and seeing like, there is a good portion and if we miss that if we miss that good portion then what are we even doing? you know it is kind of all in vain and Jesus's gentle rebuke of Martha is so kind to me too because yes. I feel like, that very <laughs> own gentle rebuke yes. all the time yes I mean I, I feel it like harshly sometimes and I can kind of be harsh with myself yeah. but I feel it in that way but I just feel you know Jesus gently telling us like, Olivia, Olivia. <laughs> you are anxious with much serving, right. but listen to me. I'm right here and I'm asking you to sit at my
1: feet and yeah. just listen. Like listen and spend time. Yeah. So I thought a big thing too was like you said, um, like serving isn't necessarily like the evil here. Like it's right, not right the thing to like that we should just never disregard do and like shame on you, Martha, for serving. Like that yeah. is something she was supposed to be doing. And I feel that as Um, Like a host, like people come to my home every single week, God willing, like Mm -hmm. we're not meeting online, but um, I just really felt that because I know that, like, my stress can really motivate, like, my actions. Yeah. And I think that's what was motiv- – like, she- love wasn't motivating, like, her serving here mm-hmm. and, like, her attitude. Like, it was stress and anxiety and yeah, that's worrying about what was going on next when in reality if she – like, it's kind of like a heart check. Like, you really yeah. have to, like, check yourself yeah. and keep your heart in, like, the right state in order to, like, truly serve and then not miss, like – you know, what Christ is giving you.
0: Something that I've learned about tithing. I know that feels like a random kind of like (laughs) way to go with this, but, um, when it comes to tithing and so not necessarily talking about the tithing of our money, which Mm. is very important as believers and part of a local church, but, um, we're called to tithe our time, right? We're called to tithe, like our, um, dependence, you know, like we, we have to be dependent on the Lord. And so If I've been given all of this time during the day or during the week, I have a lot of things that require my attention. I have two little kids that I can't just ignore to read my Bible for seven hours. Like that would not be good. Right. So I have a lot of things that make up my day, but how am I tithing the time that I do have during the day? How am I using this time that I've been given to give it back to God in a certain way? So again, I can't do it, you know, all day, every day. But the time that I get, how am I giving that back to the Lord? So, you know, and like how it applies to finances, you know, we have bills that we have to pay. And so God has graciously given us all of these things and graciously given us finances to be able to pay for those things. And so how are we giving back to him everything that we can? And I think that applies really well to our time, too, and and just our motives and things, too. Like, how are we giving this and why are we giving Are we reading our Bibles and spending time with the Lord just because we have to or because we think that we should or because we read something like this and think, I have to be a Mary and not a Martha. I need to
1: change it up. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's not about that. It's about, you know, choosing Jesus and choosing to really spend time with him because that time is sweet and that communion
1: is sweet. And that's what he calls us to do as well. Yeah. So it will flow into all of the other things that mm -hmm. you do with your day. Yes. And. Hopefully, you know, it just really takes away, like, the anxieties of your day-to-day and just the different things that we feel obligated to do and the things that we are obligated to do. Like you said, you have two kids. I don't, but I'm sure my dog would be upset if I didn't feed him. <laughs> so <laughs> <I> would. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds like he has separation anxiety. Yeah, maybe a little. That might be my fault. But... Sweet little doggy. Mm.
0: Well, we were talking about earlier how sweet it is, like, I mean okay I love my dog I'm not gonna say I don't love her because of course I love her she used to be our baby but man now that we have two kids that poor dog like okay dog she's just like really gets the short end of the (laughs) stick here I feel bad for her I mean she ate a crayon yesterday and it was just like she's like is this a treat you'll be fine that's probably what she's thinking like is this my only treat that I get poor thing Uh so anyway I digress um (laughs) So before we wrap up about Mary and Martha, I wanted to talk and just kind of touch on one other thing. We actually don't read of this in the account from Luke. So in Luke 10, um, we get, you know, what you just read. But if we flip back over to the book of John and in John um, chapter 12, um, this is where it's kind of like that similar account, but um, where Jesus is actually being anointed by Mary and um, so, here I'm going to read a couple of verses which are really similar to what you read because, again, it is that synoptic gospel account. But um, in John chapter 12, I'm just going to pick up in verse two. So they gave a dinner for him there. Martha served and Lazarus was one of those reclining with him at the table. Mary, therefore, took a pound of expensive ointment made from pure nard and anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet with her her hair. The house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. So this feels kind of weird to us because it's not customary like to wash someone's feet with our hair. Yeah. Or at all. Actually. <laughs> or, yeah, really to do that at all. Side note, Matt and I actually did that at our wedding. Did you? We did. And when I look back on it, I kind of think like, it's a little cringe cringeworthy, but not really because it was super sweet, right. like the reasoning that we wanted yeah. to do it. But it's funny because you don't typically see that at a wedding. Yeah. So anyway, um, so yeah, so she's, it's customary to kind of do what she's doing, mm-hmm. But in the way that she was doing it, it was not customary because she was washing his feet and anointing him with, and that's, that's the word that we have here. Like, I'm not just inserting that. It's, we have that picture here that she's anointing him with this very expensive ointment. It says made of pure nard. So, um, what's so significant about that? Maybe you can speak to like it being pure nard. I mean, I read that and I'm like, I don't know what that means. But right. upon further study, mm-hmm. what do we see that it means of what type of oil
1: this was? Well, I know anointing with oil, um, that's what they did to anoint kings yeah. in the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. And then I know we talked um, a little bit earlier before this podcast about how the nard was, wasn't that like... Pretty typical for like burial and mm-hmm. like prep for burial and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. So that's interesting that she chose to use that here when, I mean, he's still sitting and breathing and right. speaking to them and yeah. like, why did she choose Nard in this moment?
0: Yeah. And I think that kind of speaks again to like what we had mentioned about Jesus continuing continually telling his friends and his disciples the time is coming right like my death is coming and so and she's listening again we're getting closer and closer Mm -hmm. and so all these little all these little points are kind of leading us up to that so this is just another significant point in the life and ministry of Jesus right pointing to his yeah. his coming death and then of course his resurrection and then eventually his ascension but um, pointing you know to his to he is going to die and it's right. going to be soon and so with Mary this um, this oil that she had it was in like an ornate type box too, mm-hmm. And it says that it was expensive. It was worth about a year's worth of wages. Yeah. So at that time, it was a very expensive oil. And it was something that was likely... One thing that I read is that it was likely um, some sort of an heirloom type Mm -hmm. um, piece for her and her family. So it could have been something that was in her family for years that was passed on and that was... Used sparingly, right? Um, but passed on. That, you know, maybe from, that was the significance
1: to her. Like, yeah. I just wonder because I didn't like look into it. But like, what was the significance to her to use Nard? Would they, like did she know? Like was she listening to his teaching and like kind yeah. of know that it, like his time was coming or do you think it was just like you said yeah. that it was something expensive and like worthy yeah. and like all she had like the best of the best of what she had like yeah you know like what I mean? where was that coming yeah. from I don't know I mean it's that's interesting. an interesting thing to
0: think of like did tell she us, but it's did she know little, that it yeah. was for his burial or right. did she just know that this is something that's important. Yeah. and um expensive right. and i will only you know use like, the best this is for the my best savior. Of what I have. <laughs> yeah yeah and i think we see a little bit of that with mm-hmm. her sitting at his feet again like that account we just talked yeah. about this is that same account but we get a little more detail right. um, that she's sitting at his feet and that she anoints him with oil um so with that anointing i actually have a, a little reference from first samuel First Samuel chapter 16 and verse thirteen says, Then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brothers. And the spirit of the Lord rushed upon David from that day forward, and Samuel rose up and went to Ramah. So here we see that David is anointed by Samuel. Samuel is the prophet. David is the becoming the coming king. And so he's anointed and not just anointed, but he's anointed with oil. And he is also anointed with oil in, it says, in the midst of his brothers. And so there are people around witnessing his anointing mm-hmm. um, by the prophet Samuel, and that signifies this is our king. Right. And what I love so much about this account is that Mary, a woman,
1: right, a woman yeah. who
0: was culturally um, not equal to men yeah. in that time, um, Jesus is very, um, just the way that he interacts with women in his ministry and the way that he uses women in his ministry and in in the early church was so counterintuitive to the culture at that time and so progressive for him to say that, no, you are equal. I love that we have this picture of Samuel the prophet in the Old Testament anointing King David. And then here in the New Testament, we have Mary, a woman, anointing Jesus in the midst of his brothers and in the midst of the disciples, Mary, a woman sitting at his feet and anointing him, him who is our King. And just to see that picture, it is like such a display of um, how Jesus is the great equalizer, and yeah. how Jesus is our He is our prophet and our priest and our king, and we read that so many times. But this small, simple account here is pointing to all of those things and pointing to how countercultural He will He really was. Right, and it kind of in like influences and informs our understanding of of His rebuke to Martha, yeah, and Him saying, "Martha, Martha, no, you are missing out." Yeah. on what is happening right now. You are missing out on what your sister sees, that I am king, that I'm, you know, preparing to die soon and to do so for you. Like, yeah. you're missing it. I want you to be here. Yeah. It's, it's kind of like the, the motive behind his rebuke. Yeah, yeah,
1: he's telling her kind of like her worth. Like, you are worthy to also hear this like, Yeah. as a woman, as, yeah. you know. So Yeah, you are really anxious special. and you are yeah. worrying, but you you can be over here. Like yeah. you can come in here and sit and down and receive
0: you, the good portion, right? Yeah. You don't have to do this as you think that you do. Like you, right. you can come be a part of this, um, which is super cool. Thank you for talking about Mary oh, and Martha. Thank you. thank you for choosing Mary and Martha oh, because this was I a really, really good conversation. And I think that a lot of women listening, um, you know, are super familiar with the story. I think if you are a woman in the church, even not in the church, but in some sort of Christian setting, you have heard this story and you've felt this in some way. So I hope that our conversation was um, not just encouraging, but enlightening to see that like, this is what, this is what Scripture is saying through these two women, uh, Mary yeah, and about and women. Martha, so yes, yeah. and about women. Um. So before we wrap up, I have a fun little question for you. Okay. We've, um. Most of the podcasts that have come out and the, like the last few, we kind of talk about this at the end. So. Um, What book or podcast or show are you consuming right now that is like making you just feel seen? What are you loving?
1: I, it's funny that you ask. I am loving and it's the funny part is that it's the only thing I have time to read (laughs) and it's. In D Group, shameless okay. plug, we are in our first session of it's a book called Bearing God's Name mm-hmm. by Carmen Imes. And it, okay, sometimes like when you start a study, you're a little worried because you didn't choose the book yourself. Like, right. it's chosen for you. Like, right. Am I gonna like it? Uh, there's been one, I won't even call it out because I'm not that person, but there was one study, even in D Group, that I, I just wasn't into. Like, mm-hmm. I was like, I'm just not gaining anything from like this book from this author, but this book is like changing the way I'm reading Exodus. Wow. So that's all I'm going to say. I think like I recommend it to anyone even if you're not doing like like a standard like Bible study, like you mm-hmm. just want to read it on your own. It is so interesting and it's really just changed like the Exodus story for me and right now I'm only in chapter 3 and that's how much I'm talking it up because I haven't even read the mm-hmm. whole book, but it's. I love it's Exodus. Great. Genesis and, and Exodus are two of my say, favorite books. I can't say that I loved Exodus before this yeah. because it really like, I think what's striking and it's just, um, this was in chapter two, but it starts off by talking about how the law was a gift right. to the Israelites. Like we think of it mm-hmm. more as like, okay. Here are the rules, like, mm-hmm. let's glaze over this, the Ten Commandments. Okay, I understand. Yeah. Thou shalt not do this, this, and this. But really, like, it was a gift to the Israelites and to us. So, like, it's just a really good read, and I highly recommend Yeah, so. that's really good. You're talking about the law, and it makes me think of the one of my favorite Christmas songs, and the line is, his law is love,
0: but his gospel is peace. Yeah. And so that the law was given in love as yeah. a gift. Yeah. It is. Um, it is really it changes the way that you really see the entire story of the yeah. Bible when you understand the law and understand that it was a gift. Yeah. And another shameless plug for the book of Exodus, the book of Exodus is full of some strong killer women. Yeah. Like Exodus is very much a narrative that is driven by women. It yeah. opens with women talking about um, like one of the other episodes, one of the first few episodes I ever did a fully known was about Shifra and Pua. Oh yeah. Um,
1: yeah. the
0: two midwives mm-hmm. who saved Moses. So, um, yeah. Love the it's book great. of Exodus. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's good. I will like at the end of, um, in the show notes, I will put a little plug for that yeah. book in case anyone is interested in it.
1: Yep. So, or if you um, want to join D group, yes. we start. <laughs> yes. Reach out to know. Jess. Yeah. Reach out to me. We'll be finishing the book. No pressure. All the pressure.
0: all right well thank you so much for joining me um it was a really cool conversation and it feels really great to be back to recording podcast episodes it's been a little while for me so i'm really happy that you were my first one coming back thank you thank you so much for having
1: me it was a blast awesome thanks Thanks. Jess.